Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. <sighs> you know, I am quite tired of this pandemic. I think most of us are. Um, and all I can say right now is thank God for celebrity celebrities misbehaving. <laughs> uh, you know, if they were acting appropriately or, you know, on their best behavior... We would be so damn bored. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> um, and as for those who think that I'm going to have some sort of scandal of my own, I can assure you um, that that's probably true. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I really don't. <laughs> First of all, I don't think anyone even cares enough about me to try to take me down. Um, but then even if they did, I'm such an open book that, um, I think they would have a really tough time. So, um, but someone who hasn't been an open book or a good person overall is Ellen DeGeneres. Now, y'all know I've had my issues with Ellen in the past, um, uh, her forgiving Kevin Hart for his homophobic uh, comments and saying that he was going to beat the gay out of his son, um, you know, that really irked me. I don't think that that takes away from the fact that this woman is a pioneer and really helped usher in a, a new age of the gay rights movement. But that doesn't mean I think she's necessarily a good person either. And now we're hearing more and more. And I've heard about this for um, for years. Um, it, going back to at least 2016. That uh, the behind the scenes power struggle um, at the Ellen DeGeneres show was just atrocious. Uh, I've heard that um, there are a lot of people... Like, a lot of people were fired uh, for violating Ellen's rules and all of this. And it's all coming to light now. Um, the mainstream media started picking up on it earlier this year, like, in around March, just before the pandemic. Um, and now it's just hitting a crescendo. Um, Brad Garrett uh, has complained about going on Ellen's show. He said that she was... Very um, off-putting, to say the least. And um, and Leah Thompson uh, ended up agreeing uh, with him. Now. What is that? What is exactly happening? Well, some assistants and other production people have alleged that there has been sexual misconduct by the executive producer. Uh, a lot of people have said that there are. It, it's a very toxic work environment. Um, one mistake and you're fired. And all of these things are true. We're not going to focus on those because. You can literally Google it and find it anywhere. But what I'm going to bring you 
exclusively is how these things, um, or why these things are coming out now. Um, I've heard rumors that Ellen is leaking them herself. I will not cooperate with those. Um, and I will not, um, I will not go any further on that, um, because I don't have a solid enough evidence to push forward. But I wrote a piece a little more than a year ago saying that Ellen wanted out of her talk show contract. Uh, and it's a piece that I got a lot of shit for. I got a lot of hate when I wrote it. But I, I, I stood by it the nice and right now. I think it was a good piece of journalism. Um... Where basically I said she... Ellen doesn't want to do the talk show. She's done. She wants to start to... Um, change her image and, and whatnot. So what does Ellen want to change her... Image to? She doesn't necessarily want to be known as the Queen of Nice anymore. She wants to be the adult comic that people love to go see. Um, she wants to get back on the road. And this is something that, you know, I think a lot of people could understand. Uh, doing a talk show was a lot of work, um, a lot of prepping, a lot of research, uh, and then interviewing people. Even people you don't necessarily like, you have to be nice to and pretend to like. Uh, and Ellen has done this for almost 20 years now. So, you know, when I, when you stop and think about it, it's not hard to believe that um, she's feeling worn out and done. It's also hard to feel sorry for her, on the other hand, because she has been paid hundreds of millions of dollars and has launched, a, you know, a huge franchise um, and it makes a lot of money. And will continue to make a lot of money long past the time she's gone. Um, so, what my sources told me is Ellen had originally planned on ending her show at the end of her last contract. Um, this, is, this is public um, information. Um, she's not hidden it from anyone or tried to pretend like um, she wanted to keep going. Um, but, and it, it's also common knowledge that um, Portia Durasi, her wife, talked her out of it. What a lot of people don't know is it actually caused a rift in their marriage. Um, you know, you see all the tabloid covers saying that their marriage is in jeopardy, that they're fighting. And what the tabloids always try to paint it as adultery, or um, someone is cheating, or something along those lines. That's not true. What is true is <clears throat> Ellen wanted to let the show go and feels like she was pushed into keeping it going. 
uh, and forced to keep um, doing something that she she adamantly said she wanted to be done with uh, so Portia could have a good life and she doesn't feel like Portia is being very supportive or being a good spouse to her. I don't think they're going to get a divorce, neither does my source. Um, they love each other very much, but it is causing a lot of strife with them. And Ellen was hoping that with the latest scandal, um, Warner Brothers would pull her show. There's been a lot of scuttle and a lot of talk about it, um, but Warner Brothers will not pull the show. Um, it is very unlikely that they that they'll pull the show. Uh, first of all, it's a huge money maker, and Ellen has addressed the issues. Um, not only to her staff, but to the public. And while she has feigned ignorance, um, it, the apology seems to um, be working. Um, and she doesn't seem to be the target, or as much of a target anymore. Now, of course, this is a developing story, so that could change, and there could be new revelations. But... Um, you know, and I, I talked at length with my source who, um, as you guys know, actually ran a gossip blog and is, works within the industry. Uh, and he told me that, um, you know, there are a lot of stars who dread going on Ellen, but there are a lot of stars who want to get on Ellen. And I'm not talking like the up and comers. Um, although there are a lot of up and comers who do want to come on Ellen and, Help rehabilitate her image. Um, I'm talking the A-list stars, um, the Oprah and the the Oprahs, the Jennifer Aniston's. Um, these A-list women are going to rally around Ellen uh, uh, as soon as they can, um, in in any way they can, to help um, keep the show going, uh, because they know how important. Um, Ellen's show is, and what, even just a mention um, of their movie or a mention, uh, you know, an interview with her can do for their latest project. And there's not really another talk show host who can say the same thing at this point. Um, so Ellen is safe for now. And you guys are safe too because I'm going to take a break but I'll be right back okay I am back and <clears throat> y'all know I don't really talk about reality stars too much on here um, but this one was just too good to pass up I had to talk with you guys about it so if you watch Vanderpump Rules you know about Jax Taylor and okay, um, Jax married Brittany on I think that's her name on the show. Anyways, he's a married man now. Uh, but apparently, over the course of the season, he kept trying to um, show that he was a changed man, that he wanted uh, his wife to believe that he had completely 
um, changed and rehabilitated. That is until the end of the season when the storyline was about someone else and um, he wasn't pleased with that. And he started having all these moments where he was lashing out at his friends and whatnot. So, here is something that Jax has been hiding from his reality TV friends and even his wife, we suspect. Uh, Jax Taylor is bisexual. He could be gay, but we're, um, we're giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying he's bisexual. And, again, like the Jake Paul thing, um, don't send me all this hate mail saying that I'm outing somebody. I'm not. Um, and you'll hear why I'm not in just a couple seconds. So a few years ago, I was at a club called Therapy in New York. And I was talking to the bartender, and he told me that he had seen Jax Taylor making out with another dude. Alright, like, whatever. I didn't really know who Jax Taylor was, and I didn't really care, to be honest. And... From there, it kind of... Like, it was always in the back of my mind, um, especially when I found out that my best friend enjoyed watching the show. But it was never, like, one of those things... It was just never one of those things that... Um, really excited me. So... I was talking with another friend in New York who goes to therapy quite a bit. And he showed me pictures of Jax Taylor making out with a man. Um, This man was probably a little bit older than he is. Um, And they were openly making out. So I was like, alright, you know, and I started asking about... About it, and everyone was like, "No, no, no, he's straight. He, um, he was dating Stassi for a while, and then, um, got with his current wife. Um, and he cheated on his current wife with, um, uh, with someone, and but she ended up forgiving him and whatever. And all the while, I'm thinking, you know." Why are you doing this? Like, if you don't want to be in a committed relationship, like, just don't be in one. Uh, And, you know, for all we know, he's in an open relationship with his wife. Uh, But my source in L.A. told me and showed me, again, photographic evidence uh, that Jack Saylor is definitely dating another guy. Um, they were seen holding hands, walking through the streets, um, and they certainly did not seem like they were hiding their relationship in me. Now, um, with, with the pandemic, some people have, um, theorized to my source that this is Jax's way of making sure he still has enough money 
to afford the lifestyle to which he's become accustomed. Um, and it's more of a gay for pay type of thing. But my source said that this is not the first guy um, that he knows has been very intimate with Jax Taylor. And Lisa Vanderpump um, is or was trying to pay her staff um, while, um, while everything was on lockdown. So, um, it's a little bit of a gray area as to why, um, this is something that's happening. So, when I asked my, my West Coast source, as I call him, um, what, what about Jax is so alluring to people that, you know, they will... Um, especially gay men, they will throw everything away and, um, you know, really risk um, the tabloids coming after them. And he's, and he's, what he said actually made a lot of sense. Jack Taylor is not worthy of um, paparazzi coverage. Um, if there's a new season of Vanderpump Rules coming out, you know, he might get some coverage. Um, but it's such a fringe show um, that it's not going to warrant a lot of paparazzi like um, the Mothership franchise The Real Housewives would. And the other thing that we do um, that we do want to say is Unlike Jake Paul, we have not actually caught um, Jax Taylor doing anything other than holding hands and kissing other men. Um, That could be the extent of what he does. Um, It seems very unlikely, but, um, you know, it's not like we've caught him... In, uh, in situations where he is um, giving head or getting head from a guy. So, uh, I, I do think that that is important to stress and, and um, say. It's also important for me to take a break and come right back. And I'm back. In the last segment... I mentioned Jake Paul, so clearly we have to talk about him in this segment. <laughs> and I know we've talked about him for the last three weeks. Um, but my friend in source on the West Coast has a theory. It's called the floodgate theory. Where when one person um, when one person comes forward with their story, um, that kind of invites everyone else to come. Uh, to come in with their own stories. So with Jake Paul, the first, um, the first person who came forward with their story about Jake Paul having the coronavirus party and then going up to the room with another guy kind of opened up um, the floodgate for all these other men to come forward with their Jake Paul stories. Uh, in last week's case, it was a woman who 
who's who's now ex-husband had been having an affair with Jake Paul. Um, and she had photographic and video evidence that this was the case. Um, the this the um the person the guy who came forward this week also had text messages and photographic evidence um so basically his story is he um his family is very wealthy very connected and he decided he wanted to start a youtube channel and his father pulled some strings and um got Jake Paul to agree to um have a um consultation. After the end of their first meeting, um things had got a little charged and a little racy, um, but not to the point where someone would have expected anything to happen. Um and in fact in in this guy's own words, um, it could have been just brushed off as bro talk until the very end when Jake Paul said that he wouldn't mind getting his dick sucked. So our our guy gave Jake Paul head, and Jake. Allegedly, in this case, I'm going to use the word allegedly because there was no um, proof that he said this. But allegedly, he said that it was best head he'd ever gotten, uh, and it wanted to uh, possibly connect more. So, uh, you know, they exchanged numbers, and rather than talk business, they started talking more and more about um, hooking up and all that kind of good stuff. Um, And so the guy was very confused because he thought that Jake Paul was straight. So, they ended up getting together, and there was a joke where they said, well, where Jake Paul said, well, you know, you should get used to having a camera on you, and the guy said, well, how about we film, film us fucking, excuse my language, oh, who am I kidding, like me and Will don't drop my thumbs all the time, (laughs) anyway, so... They they started messing around, and this was being recorded on our guy's camera. And so he thought that this was just going to be an oral situation. Um, and Jake Paul asked for more, and the guy agreed. And you could see them on camera having sex. 
Um, and it's, I will say, I didn't watch the video. My source did, and he, he said it is very clear who um, both men are. After they had sex, Jake Paul is seen on the video, and this part I did actually see. Um, after you see Jake Paul sucking dick once, you don't need to see it again, trust me. I promise you. <laughs> um, he is not a porn star for a reason. <laughs> um, even though he wants to start in OnlyFans. <laughs> okay. Um, but Jake Paul is seen at the end of the video saying like that was the best sex he ever had. And he really loves anal. Now, I do want to caution that just because someone likes anal does not um, automatically place him in the LGBTQ community. Um, in this particular case, yes. Um, I think by now we have it on good authority that Jake has to be at least bi. Um... But, uh, um, you know, there are straight men out there who like anal sex. So, um, let's just be real about this. Um, so anyways, our guy kept talking, um, more and more about the... The kinds of things that was happening. Um, Jake started calling him more for sex. Um, and when the guy started resisting because he was starting to catch feelings and he didn't think that Jake Paul would um, want to participate in a gay relationship. Uh, Jake Paul started sending him dick pics. Uh, jerk-off videos, and the such. And, you know, our, our guy was very uh, turned on and eventually agreed. They met again and they had sex. And around this time, Jake Paul started getting angry, though. Um, and after they had sex, he started yelling at our, our, at our guy, saying that he wasn't gay, that, you know, this didn't mean anything. And our guy was like, look, I told you I, I like you, I want to be in a relationship with you, but I was pulling away because I didn't think that's what you wanted. And Jake just kind of lost his mind and called him a very nasty, um, homophobic slurs so the guy left and figured that he would never talk to Jake Paul again later Jake apologized and just said he wasn't himself uh, they met up again they had sex again uh, and this time it was um, much more romantic much sweeter and the guy said, you know, like, you really scared me. I don't know what was going on or what was happening um, the last time we've seen each other. But, yeah, like, I did not enjoy this at all. 
And all Jake said was he was being forced into a relationship that he wasn't really uh, eager to be in. Uh, and that the sex with our guy was the only thing that was getting him through. Uh, and this was sort of confirmed uh, by the last text message that I was shown. Um, it was dated for about three months back, um, in late April, where Jake Paul said, Hey, wish I could see you. Really need to fuck. I really tired of being with this girl. And our guy never responded, and Jake Paul has never uh, reached out again. And as we know, after that, he was caught with the guy at the coronavirus party. So, this is all very confusing. Um, We also do know that Jake was, um, Jake did get in trouble uh, I believe it was mid or late May um, for looting. So this has been a really bad year for him. Um, so I'm kind of wondering what happens now, what happens next. We won't know until we know. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I am back. And we've been following the Wendy Williams story now for more than a year. Um, when things getting really crushingly bad um, earlier this year for her. Um, if you will recall, um, Jan- I believe it was January, maybe February, um, I did a show um, right outside of her studio uh, where I dropped the bomb that her... Um, her distribution company had effectively canceled her after this two-year extension on her contract, um, which ends uh, with the season, with this upcoming season. Um, basically, there's a lot of bad behavior. There's a lot of um, just outright nastiness, um, and a lot of people thought that it was because of her um, now ex-husband Kevin Hunter. But it turns out that Wendy's just not a nice woman. Um, who would have thought it, right? <laughs> so, with that being said, I um, we've talked about how the distribution company has canceled her and they were looking for a replacement for her. What I'm hearing now from um, sources within the Wendy Williams show is the reason why the at-home shows were canceled uh, uh, were for two reasons. One, Wendy really didn't want to do them. Um, She thought that because she didn't have her glam squad, because she didn't have um, everything that she would normally have, that she shouldn't have to be forced to do her show. And the distributor and production company agreed um, very, very unwillingly agreed. Um, Essentially, it came down to you can't force someone to work if they don't want to. 
but it reaffirmed their decision to cancel the show. And while Wendy has thus far declined to announce it, uh, my source uh, in the, on the show's production team said that if she doesn't announce it on her season premiere that this is her last season, Debmar Mercury will be releasing internal memos uh, to the trades, including Variety Deadline and TV Line, uh, letting them know that the Wendy Williams show will not be continuing on. Now, what Wendy was... What a lot of people believe that Wendy was hoping to do was renegotiate her contract, um, get more time and a lot more money. Uh, And uh, so, okay. What a lot of people may not know is that even though a talk show is cheaper to to produce than a soap opera, uh, a large part of the... A large part of the show's budget goes to the talent's um, fee, the talent's pay. But as most shows age, the ratings dip and the licensing fees dip. So the talent wants more and more money and the show's making less and less money. That's why you see a lot of shows, um, you know, they start out doing um, shows most of the year and then just taking a couple hiatuses um, over that year for breaks and um, resets and whatnot. Um, and with, with Wendy Williams, to get the show going... Um, she only took uh, like four or six weeks off, which is very unusual. Uh, very, very few shows work that much. Um, she took some time off at the holidays and went um, occasionally take a week here or there off and then a two week um, two weeks in August. Um, and that was very unusual. But the gambit worked, and the Wendy Williams show um, really started becoming very popular. And in more recent years, um, as Wendy has grappled with her addiction, among other things, um, she started taking more time off. And my source said that, um, by all accounts, she did technically accrue a ton of vacation time. Um, and she did have every right to, to refuse to do more at home, um, to do more at home shows. But what she did was screw over the affiliates who were paying top dollar to keep her show on the air. And those affiliates have demanded money back from the distribution company. Money that was supposed to pay her salary. And you can kind of see where this is going now. So, right now, 
Um, money has been returned to the affiliates. Um, and they are just ready to be done with Wendy Williams. One of the things, and I think I mentioned this in the previous segment, one of the things that they really wanted to do, one of the things that they felt was very important was for um, for them to have another talk show lined up. One that could come out of the gate um, and just take over for Wendy Williams. Um, it's kind of what... Um, Universal is doing with Kelly Clarkson. Um, they're positioning her uh, to take over for Ellen when Ellen finally lets her show go. Which, if you haven't listened to the first segment, go listen to that and you'll understand what's going on a little bit better. But, um, with Wendy Williams, Right now, there doesn't seem to be an heir apparent. Nick Cannon was supposed to launch his show this fall, but because of his anti-Semitic and black supremacy comments, um, that's been delayed by at least a year. Um, And what my source has told me is that um, Demar Mercury is very interested in talking with Tia Mori. Now, Tia, um, as you know, is leaving the reel uh, because they wanted to cut her pay by more than 50% uh, for the same amount of work. If Tia were to go, and she wants to do this, she wants to have her own, she wants to have her own show, um, because then she could get all of the money for herself. She wouldn't have to split it with her co-hosts. And a lot of people think that Tia could actually um, pull off the transition. Um, because she was a child star. Um, her popularity has never really waned. And with Netflix picking up Sister Sister, um, it should be coming... I believe it's going to be like September. Um, There's going to be renewed interest in her. Um, So all the ingredients are there for Tia to come out and be the new Wendy Williams. Um, Deadmar Mercury truly wants that. They're they're looking to strike while the iron is hot and sign her to a deal as soon as they possibly can. As for Wendy Williams... Um, she's basically been given an ultimatum. Figure it out. Either you announce it's the last season or we'll do it for you. Um, and they're letting, if she does it herself, they're going to let her say, um, you know, it's her decision. Um, you know, she's, she's battling her illness, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and it also leaves the door open for her to make a comeback later on. Um, if they do it, if she doesn't do it the easy way and she makes them do it the hard way, um, I think the, the chance for her to make a comeback is going to be very slim. 
but I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I am back. <coughs> oh, would not be an episode without me coughing, right? <laughs> All right, so... Um, in more breaking news, um, it was announced that um, what I've been telling you for um, almost four months now uh, has actually come to fruition, just as I told you it would. Strayhand, Sarah, and Kiki has officially been canceled at ABC. Um, Kiki Palmer was on Watch What Happens live with Andy Cohen. And when he asked her about it, uh, she said that the cancellation was expected. Um, she tried to pass it off as a coronavirus. Um, uh, as a coronavirus-related, uh, cancellation. And that um, ABC News execs wanted, um, they wanted the slot for breaking news about um, the pandemic and whatnot. That is not the case. Uh, The show is already on the verge of cancellation uh, because of low ratings. I will admit that the uh, pandemic and production shutdown hastened the demise of the show. But if ABC News had been happy with the ratings and with the host, uh, they would have done at, in an at-home edition, um, just like they have with The View, among other talk shows. So, what does this all mean? Um, I asked my source... What was going to happen with everybody? And she kind of just told me what I would expect for someone who has given me so many good tidbits, including the cancellation of GMA3, uh, Stray Hands, Sarah, and Kiki, uh, that she's already told me everything uh, that she knows at this point. So what she's told me is um, Kiki Palmer is more than welcome to continue um, subbing in as a host for The View. Uh, I know at one point we talked about her possibly joining the table full-time, but uh, that does not appear likely to happen. Uh, what I'm hearing is that Kiki is actually very anxious uh, to, get, to get back to acting and... Um, She's been having serious talks with Ryan Murphy about a possible Scream Queens reboot. Uh, And there are some other roles that she really wants to take on. Although she has made mention in the past of being more than happy to sub in. Uh, And she's also being touted as a potential uh, host replacement for Michael Strahan on the $100,000 pyramid. Now, if that happens, um, it probably won't happen until there's a, um, if there's a season six. Um, I've, I believe that season five is already in the can 
and just waiting to debut. Uh, and, you know, ABC's holding back some of these shows, um, hoping to fill in some gaps um, for the fall. Uh, Michael Strahan, I hear, is on his way out at ABC. Um, we've talked about this extensively. Um, he he feels that the failure of the show is on ABC News execs and not himself. And he does he feels that they didn't do enough to push the show, um, and has just been very unpleasant to work with uh, for for quite some time. Uh, Sarah Haynes is probably the easiest answer there is. Uh, she's expected to go back to the view full time. Um, now this was always the case when she left the view, uh, in early 2019, everyone expected her, um, to come back should anything happen. Uh, she is, she's of course been a GMA contributor. Uh, but she found the most success on The View um, and has been one of the most popular um, co-hosts. And for those of you asking if the show would have her back, um, everyone wants her back. Like, this is not a question. Uh, they have made it very clear that they will do whatever it takes to get Sarah Haynes back. Um, so, I, I did hear that while there was, there were discussions about her, about, uh, Miss Haynes replacing Megan McCain, that's not going to be the case. Um, according to producers, um, they want... A conservative woman who can bring her view to the table um, and go against the feisty liberals on the panel, including Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, they think that Sonny Hostin, um, who is a Democrat, um, they feel that like she's more center. And they feel that Sarah Haynes um, is more independent slash um, just left of center. Uh, and will um, those two will kind of anchor out any of the fighting that occurs um, between the new conservative host and the more outspoken liberal host of the show. And speaking of Megan McCain... We have a whole lot to talk about coming up right now. I'm going to take a real fast break. And then we'll get into it. I'll be right back. And I'm back. And like Jake Paul or Cockroaches, the Megan McCain story is one that just will not go away. (laughs) So, last week, we talked about how... Uh, Megan and Whoopi got into a huge fight. And 
um, Megan was off um, for at least two days. Um, I believe it was Wednesday and Thursday she was off. Uh, Thursday, of course, was the funeral for the late congressman John Lewis. Uh, so that was a day where um, you could argue she was automatically going to be off. Um, because obviously ABC News and the uh, ABC News and really every news organization was going to be covering the uh, funeral. Uh, especially since three um, uh, three former presidents were there. Uh, but on Friday, The View had their season finale. Now, there's a lot of um, debate about this because in traditional years meaning non-presidential election years, The View does go on hiatus for the month of August. However, for presidential election years, um, they generally will go a couple more weeks uh, because they want to get every last bit of ratings that they can get. Um, So some, some people are saying that because of the pandemic... Um, they decided just to shut down production and we'll restart it in September. Other people are saying that there was a huge fight um, about what to do uh, and ultimately, because they want to get rid of Meghan McCain, um, they decided to shut down and start auditioning co-hosts early. My source in ABC said let's not count our chickens before they hatch. Um, She said that this was not a planned hiatus. Um, Initially when the season started they planned on going through August. However, uh, with the pandemic scrambling and changing everything, um, they decided to um, reevaluate and see what the best um, course of action was. Uh, And that happened to be just taking the month of August off um, outside of the conventions officially nominating their uh, their candidates for president, um, nobody's really expecting a lot to happen in the month of August. Um, we will find out who Joe Biden's VP pick is, um, and we'll find out what Trump is planning on doing. But in terms of news, um, there's not a lot of thought that... Uh, that there's going to be something that the ladies of the view have to tackle um, right then and there. 
and it gives all the ladies a chance to refresh and come back. All the ladies except for Megan McCain. Right now, um, as I've told you all along, the plan is to terminate her contract and let her go. She says it's nonsense, but let's face it, the, the people of The View are not exactly going to be truth tellers. Um, and if you watch Friday's season finale, Megan didn't want to be there. It was quite obvious that she was forced. Um, and I asked my source about it, and she said behind the scenes, uh, Megan made a comment about her being sus- suspended for going after Whoopi and how, you know, she really doesn't think it's fair that um, they actually pulled the clip that proved her wrong. And she once again said that she feels like Whoopi Goldberg is a bully. Now, she's not going to say any of this publicly because she wants everyone to believe that they all get along and kumbaya. But my source said, what you see on screen is what happens off screen, mellowed out. (laughs) So let that sink in. This is a mellow version of what happens. (laughs) So... Uh, my source said that, yes, Megan McCain was suspended uh, for two episodes. Um, mostly because she was defiant and verbally attacking producers, um, asking why they would pull the clip and threatening to fire the people who did it. Right now... Um, what they want to do is let, let things cool off. They're hoping to scuttle talk of Megan being fired on her maternity leave. Uh, they want to come back for the new season, give it a couple of weeks, and then have Megan exit. Um... But much like Wendy Williams, there's a backup plan where Megan doesn't come back at all. And um, they introduce a new conservative co-host to the panel uh, and leave it up to the co-hosts if they want to deal with the subject of Megan's absence. Um, and one of the sticking points uh, for Megan's release seems to be um, a clause that keep, would keep her off TV airwaves for a minimum of six months. Now, you would think that with a new baby coming... And more money than she can possibly even be concerned about spending in a lifetime. This wouldn't be such a huge deal for her. Um, and even Megan Kelly, who was paid $25 million 
by NBC um, agreed to a six-month hiatus from being on the airwaves. Um, Megan, Megan McCain's counter-argument to all of this is, well, look at Megan Kelly now. She doesn't have a career. Um, she can't get traction to come back to TV. And she's not wrong, okay? Let's be real here. She is not wrong in the slightest. Um, and that pains me to say because y'all know I don't want to agree with Megan McCain. Um, but I think she's missing the bigger point here. Megan McCain, uh, Megan Kelly isn't off the TV airwaves because she waited the six months. Nobody wanted to hire her in the first place after the NBC debacle. Um, and her asking price is way too high. Um, it was a very public firing. Um, and people have seen the ratings. At least with Megan McCain, she has a chance to say, well, look, the view experience ratings growth with me on the panel. Um, you know, yes, there was controversy, um, but this is not a very public firing. And generally speaking, ABC, I think this is why ABC Daytime slash ABC News tries, for the most part, to keep their firings under the radar so as not to embarrass the talent. Megan Kelly embarrassed herself. So, of course, I'm going to keep on top of the story. Um, I'm not expecting there to be many developments um, through at least for the first couple weeks of August, but I will keep my ear out for you. Uh, But that's going to do it for me for tonight. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. Um, You know, coming up next uh, is Will with Politalk. And until we talk again, cheers. Hey folks, welcome to a highly belated Politalk. Apologies for the delay. Of course, this week has been a cavalcade of catastrophes, not just for me, but for the world at large. I'm going to go ahead and blame Hurricane Isaias for the largest portion of the delay here. Hurricane Isaias, which is uh, has a number of different pronunciations, and wiped out most of the power along the eastern seaboard um, through New York and Westchester County, where I live. So I'm sending this to y'all from the far-off lands of North Carolina, where I've temporarily relocated to be with my family and to actually have power to record for y'all. In any case, on to the show. The big story this week is the explosion in Beirut that falls under our Politalk brand due to the circumstances behind the explosion, specifically the government's response to the Russian tanker that arrived roughly four years ago carrying 2,700 pounds of ammonium nitrate, which was then stored improperly in a warehouse at the port in Beirut, Lebanon. Ammonium nitrate obviously is a highly dangerous, highly explosive substance that the port authorities wanted to get rid of as soon as possible before the 
sea air caused it to become more dangerous or and destabilized it. They sent many requests to the central government of Lebanon, ask Lebanon, asking for guidance on how to remove the ammonium nitrate, but each message went unanswered and no one at the port decided to say, for example, unless we receive updates from you, we will be disposing of it in this manner in 30 days. As a result, the problem got worse for several years before finally erupting explosively earlier this week and killing over a hundred citizens of Lebanon and injuring several thousand people. The Lebanese government has drawn a lot of flack from its citizens in recent years due to rampant corruption among the highest levels of government and the rapidly declining standards of the economy of Lebanon. The recent explosion looks po is poised to plunge the country further into a crisis as it was struggling to deal with the COVID-19 outbreak beforehand. And protest groups are already mobilizing to demonstrate against the government's handling of the ammonium nitrate. U.S. news this week has all been about the coronavirus. We have now passed 150,000 deaths. But the administration has not seen fit to expand the contact tracing workforce, and negotiations on coronavirus relief continue to stall in the Senate. Trump has signaled a willingness to use executive orders to bypass Congress on this issue and to grant relief to student loan borrowers and extend unemployment benefits. However, it remains to be seen if he will actually try to push it through. Earlier this week, he criticized Democrats for trying to force bailout money to blue states, quote-unquote, in the relief package and thus derailing the negotiations. Trump has contributed to the woes of a number of blue states this week by refusing to fund National Guard deployments all the way in every state except Florida and Arizona and Texas. To clarify, the federal government typically funds the deployment of National Guards in emergency circumstances. However, in most of the country, the federal government is only funding 75%, covering 75% of the costs of National Guard deployments. This is not the case in Texas, Florida, and Arizona, notable in that they are red states and Trump allies. That'll be all for this week, folks. A moment of silence for the hundreds of thousands dead due to the government's lack of response to the coronavirus, and as always, a hope for better news next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Cheers.